0: Welcome to Foot on Your Neck. And as always, your hosts Jana and Nia here to apply the motherfucking
1: pressure.
2: Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Foot on Your Neck and season 2 has just been so fun and emotional and it's going to get even more emotional, okay? Especially with this guest that we have today by the name of Alexis Umoye, someone who I consider a mentor and a close friend and eloquent and all around just an amazing individual. So I'm excited for y'all to lean into this episode today. So on this week's episode, we will be discussing the reality of delay versus denial. Alexis's pronouns are she and her. She is a second year medical student at University of California, Davis, where she is a Vice Chancellor March Scholar and a member of the Academic Research Center for Medical Doctors Pathway. Throughout her time in higher education, she has been an advocate for increased diversity and representation for racial communities that have been historically and presently excluded in medicine. Above all, she hopes to continue to build an authentic voice in spaces such as medicine to amplify issues that directly impact Black women. If you resonate with that conversation and would like to further support Alexis's work, be sure to follow her on Instagram at Lex Umoye or Twitter at Umoye Alexis. And you're going to learn some shit, okay? She a Gemini. She got shit to say. All right. Let's go. Alexis, what's one TV show, movie, or artist that people would be surprised you love? Ooh.
1: 24? the it's like a government conspiracy show with Jack Bauer I don't know his real name you don't it's like prison break it's in them or Nikita I
2: like Nikita oh my god yeah so it's
1: in the realm of that genre kind of like action but like government
2: conspiracy type of things I like that. That actually makes sense for you, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> knowing how you are, I feel like you like that type of stuff. Like, <laughs> I see you being a spy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, you God. Know, you know some things. You know some things a lot of people don't. So it makes sense for you. Oh, my
3: God. <laughs> okay. So. This one is really big Okay. So, what was your first screen name? Like your AOL, like your AOL? Oh, your I can't say this.
1: Oh, there's no way.
3: Oh. Yes,
2: yes. You have to say no,
1: No judgment.
2: No judgment.
1: I think it was like Blackie Girl 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and it's spelled Blackie
2: B L A K Y. What for why? Oh, Blackie Girl. Blackie Girl, 1995. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, shit. (laughs) Please,
3: not Blackie. No, but there's probably a kid on TikTok (laughs) with that same name right now. Oh, yeah. TikTok names are so chaotic like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I did that. I was really on AOL. Like, I thought that was cute. (laughs) I mean, I think I was just always proud of being Black a little too much. Yes.
2: That's a wonderful thing. that's important yeah that's important <laughs> spelling's okay. important too though
0: <laughs> yeah definitely
2: yeah. it gave it, it give it away what's something that everyone else seems to love that you just don't understand
1: hmm. outside <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like going outside your house?
1: I just don't get it. I like I'm a homebody. I'm a homebody. Are you really? I really am. This is a lot of work to be outside.
2: That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that.
1: Yeah, everyone thinks so. I'm an introvert or extrovert, and I don't know. I, oh, I would say I'm fine, but like I'm I like being by myself all the time. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: That's
3: yeah. good. Yeah. Okay number four if you had to create a slogan for your life what would it be Mm.
1: dang um I would say it'd probably be I'm not gonna use that one uh don't care. <laughs> <Period>. <laughs> That's the the G rave version.
2: Yeah. Oh, so okay, 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 I got you, I got you. Yeah, I feel like you said that a lot. Like
1: it's just you know I do care, but like not when I don't. I'm sorry.
2: I do care, but not when I don't. I love that. And like you really, really don't care.
1: Right. for like frivolous things that waste my time. It's really that. Low level That's friendships, good. you know,
2: stuff like that. I like Okay, last question. There are now 25 hours in a day. How do you spend the extra hour?
1: Sleep, girl. Or. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, please say what you just said. I never. Absolutely not.
1: Y'all, y'all, y'all know why. Y'all know why. Don't
2: Girl, That's I'm so funny. I'm Just 26.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know the feds be out here.
2: you yeah. don't get a black okay. woman
1: like me caught up. <laughs> Next day, Alexis, so and so needs to see you.
2: Nope. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. was so good. Okay. <laughs> I would have never pegged you. I feel like you've always been like, no, no, no. Like. <laughs> yes,
1: ma'am. <laughs> in my parents' house, too, as a Nigerian. I'm just such a star child. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <thing>. Yeah, like. <laughs> at the end uh, that was the sky show oh my god Alexis this is so you're really funny (gasps) okay okay now we're getting into the real deal questions like (laughs) now, Now (laughs) okay so we know that you are currently in school right like you're wait where do you go like
1: yeah, when I go to UC right Davis School of Medicine in Sacramento. Um, right now, I'm just, it's just general medicine, and um, I'm kind of leaning towards surgery.
2: I don't know what I would do if you were my surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even
1: like, realize what I would do if I was my surgeon. Yikes. <laughs> not yikes.
2: That's the last thing I want you to say. You're my surgeon. No, I just so, feel
1: like I'm so fun funny. And- you know, stereotypically, surgeons are seen as, like, super serious and super, Yeah, and that's just not true. Not all surgeons are like that, but I'm for sure not like that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, how would you say, like, as a Black woman, like, how do you maintain your individuality and show up as a student, like, without kind of separating the two? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that, I'm at the age in life where I just, you know, you're taught as a black woman to like compartmentalize your identity. So, you know, at the end of the day, I can't ever change that. I'm not only a dark black skinned woman, that I'm, you know, Nigerian. So I have some features that are probably more typical to people that are in that geographical region than others. Um, so I feel like, you know, when I entered, I just, I just started using my voice. And talking in the way that I would talk to you all, that I would talk to my parents. I think, you know, like, I, like a constant theme throughout my life was that, you know, in one space I have to show up one way, in another space, that's exhausting. No one has time for that. And I'm not getting paid to do that. And even mm-hmm. if I was, um, you know, your soul is priceless and your 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 dignity and, and how you view yourself, that's priceless. You That's something... Only really you can control fully. And I just got tired of compartmentalizing my identity. And so I think, you know, being loud, outspoken, bold, and demanding, and sometimes rude is, you know, what it takes to get the job done.
2: Yeah, for real. I really agree. I feel like coming out of UCLA really kind of enforced that for me too. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, you either go use your
1: voice or drown. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly like they won't give you things and if you don't speak up about it you won't get them. And it's yeah, like
1: that's not baby people. us at all. every yeah, no, Penny like you had to advocate why.
2: Yes, especially like even just like funding for clubs and all those types of things like had to really get in people's ass about what you needed all the exactly. time. Exactly.
1: All the time. Yeah. And it's like yo, I'm already taking care of a whole community because there is none like me. You know, I have family who, you know, whose lineage just started here. So there's a whole, you know, confusion aspect to how to handle, you know, raising, you know, West African, you know, children here. And then you just have like your own personal issues, racism, it's like no one has time to justify why I need money for a community. You already know you place that risk, that you marginalize, that you constantly abuse and attack. I have to sit here and beg you for money. We're honestly too good for all this. So that's another conversation for begging, begging a school that's actively harming us for money. Does not make any sense. Yes. Doesn't. Shit.
2: Doesn't. That and I'm, I'm girl back girl, in bed like school yet. doing it again you
1: after are. I said I wouldn't do it. I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this no more, but it's like, okay, who else is going to take care of my community? Because if I walk away, there's, you know, the white, the Latino, Latino, Latinx, the Asians, they're not there. Like, yeah, they're there for their own communities. I don't know what the white people be doing.
2: <laughs> Shit, they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, because yeah. there's no white student org, right? And they're the only one that doesn't have a community org to answer to. And so it's like, you should be dispersed mm-hmm. throughout the other community orgs, you do not need to make your own community org. You're overrepresented everywhere. And they don't show up at all. At least, like, the other students, I could say you're showing up for your own community. But I know for damn sure, only black people show up for black people.
3: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It Interesting. So, like, I was planning to go to graduate school right after I graduated. And, and now I'm in this space where, like, particularly, like, with everything that happened this last summer, like, like graduating from UCLA and realizing they don't give a fuck. They've never given a fuck, but last time we just really showed that they did not care at, at all at all about yeah. us as students and our yeah. experience. Tell me a bit more about like you were talking about like going back into school and having to deal with that dilemma of like realizing that institutions do not give a fuck. But you know, like being like I need to, you know, show up in this way so that requires for me to go back into the mouth of the beast or whatever. You know? What was like that process like
1: a re school um that's such a beautiful question this is you know I always say FLA FECLA but it's really now I don't I can't even say that because like I met people like y'all who just speak like the language I speak and it's like it feels like home but um I would say like um I'm a spiritual person I respect you know whatever people choose to identify with or you know look for support or hope but you know when I was going to medical school I remember asking God like just get me somewhere where I'll be safe get me somewhere where you know I feel like I could be me and you'll never be safe in any of these schools only oh it's foolish to think that you know they were built on violence they were built on hate they were built on blood of specifically Black Americans like and Native Americans like you know it can never be righted right um But I feel like Davis has been such a space where I can heal. It can be me. Like I'm very outspoken there. And, you know, typically black students are not at their med schools because it's not 25,000 people. You, You don't get, you know, like that whole invisibility, but you're like hyper invisible, but you're more invisible at UCLA than you're not. If you really think about it in med school, there's only 128 people in your class in grad school. You could have the same amount or less if you get a PhD. That's five people in your whole cohort. So you're always hyper visible. You'll really never be invisible unless people are choosing to actively ignore you. But I will say that at Davis, I feel like, you know, people let me be me. Like one of my mentors is this white man. He's like 80 or 70, somewhere up there and I'd be emailing him in all caps I'd be talking wild in his emails and he'd just be ignoring he'd just be you know he'd just be letting me do me and like you know I email my deans and like they get back to me and like I missed a reimbursement and someone's like don't worry I'll handle it like I don't know so like I feel like grad school there is better out there but I don't want to like I don't like lying at like people and saying like it's better in the way that like you're not going to feel better about what they're doing to you. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. what you thought of UCLA, you should think of any school. They're all evil, honestly. Yeah. But <laughs> can you navigate better? And are there better places that you've been trained to navigate? And, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm there for a job. We're there for bags. We're there for to build what we truly want to do, like th- using their resources. And sometimes, you know, That means taking loans out, you know, God, I I pray y'all get scholarships if you go back and make sure you talk to people that are already there to see where the money's at. Because at least if your experience is terrible, you want to be compensated. That being said, I would never advise any Black student to go to a program that actively harms people and gives a ton of money. I know some med schools like that. I will name drop one day. I will, though. But (laughs) you want to go to a school that if you're like, oh, I thought it was good but also has money, so if you find out it's really terrible and really trash, at least you're walking away not in masses amount of debt, because you have to think about it. A lot of black students, like, leave, you know? You're not going to want to go through UCLA again. I already told God, I said, place me at a school like UCLA again. Watch. I will walk away. I don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'll make money somehow. I've always had a job. Since I was fourteen, I can make a, I can make my own way. Black women, that's what they're forced to do, but I'm not doing UCLA again. I'm too good for that. I'm too good for like that undergrad experience. You are too. You are too. Like you should never have to struggle like that again, at a place that's as elite and as rich as UCLA. Mm-hmm
2: you are absolutely like right. wow one thing Alexis will do is instill some confidence
3: in yeah you, like oh for god. sure like, like me a sermon oh yeah. my god
2: that's god. why she did the the yeah. speech at was the Afrogram oh I did, did do, do it at Afro- I, I, forgo-
1: oh I my forgot I forgot I forgot I did do that I remember that that's- and my voice was gone hurt. my voice was. <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 this was the last <laughs> image of voice it was like, yeah. yeah. Oh my 2017. God! Yes, I
3: was there.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God! I remember that. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember that friend I made a like.
1: Dr. Tunstall and Dr. Blackman and Dr. Beasley, Maisha, Samara, and mm-hmm. Johnny stand up. I remember I was doing the most. I was like, we gonna we gonna stop the whole graduation. Y'all gonna know who's who's out here mentoring. But, <laughs> right.
2: And they're not, they're not getting paid. They're not getting paid
1: to do what they do out there because to have mm-hmm. a class and to be compensated on a level that makes any type of sense, you have to be a professor. But that, I've learned a lot about that. One day, hopefully, you know, we'll get to talk again about the whole being a professor and how elitist and how terrible that pathway is. But I've learned so much, and so now, even as a grad student, knowing what they did for us. They really didn't have to and they weren't probably getting a dime for it. That was yeah. purely on their time off. And then you have professors like, you know, that are teaching the sciences that are not only not showing up for their students, they're telling black students they can't do it, they're calling black students out, they're harming us and they're getting paid. But the person that's retaining me and not getting paid for is get it doesn't even get compensated. Yeah. Who built this system? This is terrible.
3: <laughs> yeah a big old fuck
1: you like yeah but I don't know <laughs> you know I use okay. my mental health resources and you know I stay true close to my community so I feel like I'm able to navigate it more in a way that's fit for me Yeah, and I'm yeah. good like I'm not like at UCLA I'm not struggling like in that way
2: yeah yeah that was our I'm, Our I'm next happy question. for you. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to ask you about that. Like,
3: yeah, how do you, like, continue to nourish your whole, you know, complete self outside of being a student, right, and gain meaningful experiences outside of, like, academia, you know, without feeling, like, I think there's this culture of, like, particularly when you're at UCLA, like, everything had to be about UCLA. Mm. Like, oh, I'm doing this I campus, I'm doing this, right? Like, how do you, as a grad student, maintain, like, I'm Alexis and I'm doing this and this is important to me versus being wrapped up in school and feeling guilty about being a bad student if you're not all about school?
1: Yeah, um, this is a great question. So I'm going to share my answer and I'm not necessarily I mean, I this is where I was a year ago and so I'm happy that I'm not in that same framework. Um, and so, you know, I came in and I think, like, my kind of reflex reaction to UCLA was, like, I want to do something really hard. I want to do something that, like, no black people are doing. I want to do, because I felt like I just need to approve to myself, like, overcompensate for just, a, like, that school almost took, like, my life. Like, and so it's just, like, and then, like, you know, I wasn't really telling anyone what I was going through, and so, like, That was only like a lot of like what I healed from, honestly, I would say it was me and God. And then like, there's like degrees and degrees and degrees and degrees and degrees between like my first friend. And like, I mean, I still love my friends, but like a lot of like the worst things I've been through, I've had to kind of go through myself and with God and not with doctors or mental health workers or whatever, all those resources white people talk about. But, um, so I felt like, you know, I wanted to do neurosurgery. I wanted to I do all these cool research and da, 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 And so now, like, as I navigate and I'm, like, thinking through my experience, thinking through what matters to me, thinking about the experiences that made me feel the most whole, they're often not only outside of academia. Um, I just feel like I should do things that aren't based off of, like, the definition of success for other people. And so now I work towards goals that are going to buy me more time to do my own thing because I'll never just want to do like academia or just you being a doctor. And I've never just done that. Like if you ask Jonna, I was a terrible student and I always let my (laughs) students know like I like I would start the session like half of the session would just be a prep talk and people would show up for like three homework (laughs) problems. I was getting paid to just talk to them and then calculate, help them figure out if they need to drop classes. It was just practical stuff. Um, and I've, I was always honest. Like I always sucked at being a student. I was never really drawn to this. So I think when I got to med school, I wanted to like pretend to really be about school and just do that and just do research. And I hated it. (laughs) And I always will. And I don't know, my best traits aren't necessarily right now fit for academia and fit for, what they've built. And so I'm just going to be doing my own thing. I'm still going to put myself out there. Like I still want to see if I want to do basic science research and I still want to explore things. I don't want to get pigeonholed into, you know, feeling like, oh, since I'm a black woman, I only can do X, Y, and Z, but I also want to be more of a Alexis, be more of a human and not be this like med student, win a bunch of rewards. Me getting in the med school is enough for the rest of my life. I promise you. <laughs> like just making it this far today is enough like i've done enough like that's how i feel because a lot of black women walk around really exhausted really tired and it's like why do we feel like we have to keep proving ourselves to this world i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want
2: yes, yes. yeah like <laughs> Alexis. Yes. i'm glad this is also coming from someone who's older mm-hmm. i feel like It's just, like, it feels hard (laughs) now, at least for me, like, just kind of, like, feeling like you need to, like, I need to, like, adhere to some type of expectation for things in order to get the things that I want, and it's like, actually, I don't, so I'm, like, learning that consistently all the time.
1: I think to stay into medicine, I'm not gonna lie, there's, like, I would say 51% of you believing into a lie there's just no way for me to like overcome that. I mean, it's just, it just is what it is. And like there are other black women who really know that too. Cause this, I mean, medicine more than anything, science is, I would say probably the most evil field because science really was the justification science and religion are really, Mm -hmm. I would say the two most, the fields that spread white supremacy, the quickest and the longest, um, I mean, I can't speak because I'm not a historian. I don't, you know, there's people who actually are well-versed. But from my experience and what I've learned, it seems like science has been used to just justify so many, like, wrong things. Like, even, yeah. like, slavery and, like, I don't know, just all these things. Like, every day I'm learning about, like, these experiments they do on Black people. And, like, you just hear about, like, Tuskegee. Like, girl, I've learned mm-hmm. at least, like, 20. <laughs> not, and, like, probably recent, like, there's, like, at least 10 studies, like, I hear um, something negative in the healthcare field about black people probably every day,
3: yeah,
1: I don't even need evidence for 1600s when you're out here stealing and killing and raping people, bro, I have enough evidence, like, to make, like, a whole works cited with 100 sources just the past three months, like, imagine having to read that shit every day, I mean, I try not to, but, like, how can you not? <laughs>
3: it's like, yeah.
1: they trained us to.
0: Outside of,
3: <clears throat> like, um, like being a student, have you, like, found time to, like, invest in hobbies or like, find new hobbies or, like, you know, like, meet new people? Like, how has that been balancing those aspects in terms of being a student?
1: So, other than, like, the activity we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I um, – Luckily, like my group of black girlfriends were like, you know, meet your class, put yourself out there. I was like, I kind of came into med school. Like, I don't want to talk to nobody. Like, I felt like I had like really harmful experiences, not only in the UCLA community, but there was a lot of like um, healing that needs to go on in the black community. And I know we've all been traumatized and abused and like we all come from like super complex family structures like, I don't know anyone who really had no perfect family, like, and that's across income levels, across, like, the the diaspora, just different factors, genders, you know, and, um, but, um, I feel like, you know, my friends really pushed me to, like, get to know my class, so I really got to know, like, a lot of dope, or not a lot, a good amount of dope people that aren't black, um, like some of my closest friends, like I have a white friend, I have an Indian friend, I have a Middle Eastern friend. Like these are people who really showed up for me um, during my first year. So I feel like I really got to have good experiences finally for the first time ever that weren't like I don't know. I just feel like I'm always afraid to hang out with people who aren't like my same race because like I've just had racist racist experiences since I was like three or four um and so and it's like you know nonstop. so I don't know I just usually keep to like my community and I also luckily Kayla who went to UCLA she is I think 2015 and she's a Delta she's in my class so I feel like towards the end we kind of I finally was like all right I'm not I'm not only a student like you got to break out of this you got to like live your life um I would go over there, and, like, she's really disciplined. And so we would hang out and, like, always have a cool down where every night we're cooking and, like, just, you know, we're making mocktails and, like, you know, we're doing all this stuff because um, just, like, as a, a wellness. And then I did a lot of dating. <laughs> a lot of dating. Dating? A lot <laughs> of dating. Especially yeah. post, post-vaccination. post That's been fun.
2: Yeah. I love the, like, one thing that I feel like I've found the most, too, it's just, like, I feel like key to survival, really, maybe it's just, like, there's been, like, studies and like, books and stuff about this, but, like, literally having black women friends, like, to cook with us, or, like, cook with me, or, like, I don't know, like, really holding me down and making sure that I don't die, (laughs) It's so central. It's so key. Like they really my friends have pulled me up out of the yeah, the deepest trenches of my life thus far.
1: And it's like wild when you think about when you're out of something so deep. And it's like I don't I don't really ever look down, but like damn, I know that it's deep as hell. (laughs) Well, I feel like I've been to hell and back a few times, so Yeah,
2: I feel that. (laughs) I feel that. Okay, something that I
3: loved which is why I, we came up with this question. We were um emailing and communicating through and like, yeah, I don't check this after this certain time and mm-hmm. I don't do this in this way and I'm like, I fucking respect that boundary. Yeah. So, I wanted to hear more about like how you establish boundaries between your life and like your student career life because I feel like that was something like our first year like very much how you said like it came and you say like all oh, about school like yeah 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 you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> and then like my second and third year became like don't say nothing to me <laughs> if I don't look at you but then it's like I, I would say that but I still would be like wanting to overachieve and overcompensating yes. Yes. but I feel like you set up that boundary and you really respected it which I think is so great so how did you do that?
1: So I mean at the end of the day, I always am like, you know, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to have a tunnel vision. And then, boom, community, community, community. And, like, mm-hmm. so at UCLA, I was a PLF. Um, I worked for ASP. I had, like, a short stint on, like, ASU. Always involved in the black commit a community was a, um, an AKA. And I founded Sister Sister with Jamila and Dr. Tunsil's. Uh, Dr. Blackman, Dr. Beasley and so I mean that's just six things I, that's not even like that's just community like that's not the two or three research gigs I did the you know that that other stuff that we don't really you know that's not really what I'm the most proud about um, there's no way I can just do all those things and then not have such fierce boundaries. I think when I was younger I was probably a little too fierce with the way I set them I just did not care and I would tell people, off um especially um, like the spaces with like all black women yeah, i mean you know black women and then when you have black women of varying um age groups i think um sometimes when people are older than you they think that they can talk to you not anyhow but they can because they're older they use that in a way to kind of manipulate you into yeah. doing what they want and it's not just black women this is just like um people who are more senior than you in any position. But you will still see, like, even within your safest communities, like, I feel like some of the older Black women in my life would manipulate kind of my my boundaries. And I would try and set them. And, of course, I'm young and I'm not setting them healthy because this is the first time I've ever had to set them. Like, you know, I grew up in a, a first-generation household. Like, um, you know, Nigerians, you know, what are boundaries there's no locks on our doors there's no like you know it's just like the there's no boundaries I feel like in a Nigerian household and so I feel like I didn't set them well but like the black women in my life like there's black women in my life who helped me like I feel like Tunstall and like those women sister sister they really like create a space to help us collectively work through it and they're also trained to do those trauma-informed spaces like they knew what they were talking about in that class. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't just teaching you some random stuff. Um, they have doctorates in it, and they're about it in the real world. But I feel like other people in my life would take advantage of that, and they would like make me feel like a bad person. And I still think that's an ongoing theme in my life that um, I've had to set boundaries anyway. And I get scared doing it every time. I think that's what people don't understand when they see. Um, that you're they think that you're loud they think that you're angry they see that you're dark-skinned they see that you wear your hair a certain way that you dress a certain way you choose to express yourself a certain way they think that because you're bold in all these ways that like saying boundaries comes easy but like I like I literally fell off the face of the earth for three years because of how traumatized I was even within my own community because of how people did not respect my boundaries like people had actually asked my Alice, Raw, okay, like is Alexis alive? Because I blocked everyone in my phone. That's what people don't know. I blocked every contact. I was just like, honestly, like I don't trust anyone. Like because you know, we like to believe in this, like people, like we're all black and we're all gonna show up. But even your own community, your own family sometimes, your own friends will because they have not unlearned things and they haven't done the work they need to do in themselves will actively harm you. And so I'm at the stage in my life where I dropped everyone but God and I'm bringing people in one by one and seeing who do, okay, who who actually was there for me, who actually did stick around, who actually did like try and make it work. Yeah, we didn't get it right the first time or the 10th time or the 100th time, but they stuck through it and they understood that I was just healing and they were healing But it's also okay if people need to walk away from you. If you're not in a healed, you're not at the state of healing that they are and that they require. And I think that we always criminalize people for doing more of the work and getting ahead and healing in their own lives. And just because you want to be lazy and not do the work and sit where you are and not unlearn your unhealthy behaviors, you try and bring someone back. That's not fair. So,
2: you know, that's where I'm at. I feel like Like, you were saying, like, thinking, like, oh, just because, like, you represent yourself in a certain way, like, in terms of being, like, really bold, I feel like it's even harder to set boundaries, like, I feel like, yeah, that's something that I've thought about a lot with just, like, my personality. I'm like, yeah, like, this is how I am, like, this is how I want to show up in the world, but then, like, when I have to talk to someone or, like, (laughs) go through some type of argument or, like really assert myself it can be kind of hard and it feels like there's like a a mismatch in between like how I want to be perceived and how I actually am so like I don't know where I was going with that but I feel like that's that's
1: really real it's really exhausting like I get really like clenched I get anxious Mm -hmm. I have to like breathe it's like damn you're a panic attack
3: (laughs) yeah
1: and then you talk yourself through it and you speak like a puppet That's what I just really keep to myself. And so um, I shake a lot of people off because I don't have the time to be in any weird company. Like the vibes really have to be on it because, you know, in medicine, I'm going to be forced to just be in spaces that I don't, even if I don't want to be there, I have to. And the thing is, it's not even, it's about me enough, but there's a component of I'm showing up for this person who is sickly, right? Or might think they're sickly or might become sickly. And, you know, your health really is what sustains you on earth, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's constantly balancing, like, all right, like, I have to show up in this space for this patient, but, you know, there's racist encounters. The patient can be racist. My attending, anyone I work with can be racist. Um, But then, you know, people want to kind of attach themselves to you. And it's like, I have barely enough energy to show up here, and this is my job. So on my off time, I just I'd be chilling. I'd be by myself and I'd be with the few people I really trust and value because I don't I don't have time to not be paid and then to also be like in these weird spaces. And in academia they kind of teach you, oh we got to be friends, kumbaya. And it's like mm-hmm. I can't be friends with all y'all who don't even know how to address a black woman who this is the first time you're dealing with the dark skinned black woman. Like I don't I don't got time for that. It's too <laughs> just stay away just just stay away Mm -mm. I think
3: one thing that academia academia, UCLA institutions period teach you how to do well is to successfully exploit yourself Mm. which makes Mm. so much sense because they're meant to feed capitalism you know like that's what it's fucking designed to do cause I think that that's a a common like shared experience that y'all were talking about about like Having to just be hyper aware of even just asserting your boundaries, yeah. And asserting your boundaries is so different from even understanding your boundaries, mm-hmm. which I feel like for me is where I got wow. stuck, like in trying to understand. Wow. Like, so is it that like I want to be alone, or I just don't like the people that I'm around, or am I spending mm-hmm. too much time? Wow.
1: Or, but that's like, the thing, you know, and like, you also don't really have time to ask yourselves these questions. Yes. Yeah, those aren't easy questions, and you know, what if you keep asking yourself so many questions that you fall into this. Huge bout of depression, but you didn't even know the question path you were going on was leaving you there.
3: Yeah. So sometimes,
1: I mean, Black women are afraid to even ask themselves questions. Yeah. They're even afraid to do introspection because when you open up some of the aspects of your life, like, it's just like, you're like, oof. Like I met yeah. with my girlfriend actually yesterday and she was talking about how she was driving home one day and she had passed something and that reminded her of a traumatic very violent, harmful, trigger warning experience that happened to her 10 years ago. And she didn't even no, she was watching actually, sorry, I mistake it, a TV show. Mm-hmm. And the TV show explained to her that 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 a, a scenario she had encountered 10 years ago was a scenario that, you know, it, you don't want to go through something right in life, maybe at like 10, right? But you don't realize what it is until like 25. Because someone, mm-hmm. finally, uh, um, um, someone finally discussed it in a way that um, made sense to you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I just feel like, it's like, how many things do we go through that we don't even know are traumatizing until you ask yourself those questions? But do you want to ask yourself those questions? Because, you know, you don't want to be sad and depressed all the time. But you have to ask yourself those questions to survive and to show up and be authentic it's like, dang, we don't, I mean, we're taxed with like a really hard experience every day. I mean, but it's a really beautiful one. That's what I will say. I never like wake up sad that I'm Black. That's never the issue. But there are other issues, but that's not the issue. Like, I'm so happy with my friend group. I'm so happy with my Black mentors. Like, the Black people I've met on this world, it's like, Like, I've met God in true form, you know? Just, like, very euphoric experience.
2: That's beautiful.
1: I know. I'm so happy for you, Alexis. Like, I'm happy that I got to a place that, like, I could actually be happy and not lie. Because I feel like I had to lie to you guys, like, at UCLA. Mm. I feel like Mm -hmm. I had, and I feel like I didn't have, I mean, I feel like I always try and include hope, but I feel like there was a period in my life I think I should have stopped showing up for people and show up for myself, and I still was showing up through for people even though I had stopped showing up for myself.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I'm happy I can do both, you know, simultaneously. Usually yeah. <sighs>
0: it's
3: the best place. <laughs> you know, i'm so glad that we're all out of there yeah oh, oh, Never have
1: <laughs> that's wild you know i'm also happy that some people went back like jamila just graduated i saw that yeah wow. and so and you know jamila one thing about jamila you're gonna find her in the community
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: she gonna be in the corner <laughs> making a name for herself that's what i love about her she does her own thing her yeah. own way she's bold she is so sweet she's mm-hmm. sweet that's a sweet one so it's sure. it's also beautiful to see that people are finding their ways throughout you know i'm happy that people can go back to UCLA like and still do the work there cuz you know there's students that are are you know in undergrad that need those people and so i agree people should yeah. go where they're loved but i'm always happy to see you know, someone leave there happy, smiling, because I know she encountered some undergrads that need to meet her, you
3: know? Yeah. Absolutely. We had another question before our ending segment, but I think that our conversation went to a totally yeah. different place, and I think we should <laughs> stick with this. Um, so a, a question that we ask all of our guests is, because the purpose of our podcast is to showcase, maybe not even showcase, but to, like, invest in and discuss the experiences of Black women films, so but even just people specifically. So what is your vision for your future, for your work, for your interest? And how can me and Jana or our listeners, support that moving forward?
1: I think my desire... I think I have so many, I don't really know what I want to do yet. So I'll try and stick a, stay away from, oh, I want to be this type of researcher or have this type of specialty because those are questions that will be answered in my future. And I think we spend too much time thinking about that. But overall, I think that my purpose on this earth is to represent, not represent, um, to build community, invest in, and to cultivate spaces that are not led by me, but the experiences that I am in, being, that I encounter, which are usually black women, specifically dark-skinned black women across the diaspora, and just bring them together for the betterment of like us. I think that the great thing about UCLA is. There are so many diversified interests. I mean, we have people in Target. We have y'all with a podcast. Have my homegirl, Kamala, who, you know, is making music in another freaking country. My girl, Annie, also making music in another country. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have nurse friends. I have rolla Kay the first black engineer, you know, doctorate. You know, Monifa just came and joined me at UC Davis. And I have so many, I've met more. That's just the people I talk to the on the most and bring them together. I think because we deserve, I think spaces, better spaces to be us. And I don't think that right now this world offers us enough of those spaces. Um, But I want to do my own thing. I don't really see myself as an entrepreneur, so I kind of like you know I've been on one other podcast. I kind of like working with people, so I see maybe like partnerships, even if it's I'm just a doctor and I'm you know coming for free. talking to people and hosting like workshops like that are just more accessible I feel like you always got to apply for this fellowship for this university and then it's a thousand other black women that are applying like what if we just like had someone had enough money to just give us like to go on a tour and just meet people and to just give back and like I don't know who knows what the future holds but we are all progressing the way I hope that will really bring the wealth back to our communities and I think I don't know how to do it necessarily yet, right now, as a as a med student, as a doctor, because it's so far away. But at least with my time, that's how I choose. Choose, I I see myself. Hopefully, time and like my wages and the connections that I've made, and using that for the betterment of like the communities, not only that I come from, but that I've been connected with, that have taught me. Because there's communities that I've met that I don't necessarily identify with, or 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 understand or live or you know they've taught me so much and so it's not only about me and being a black woman like you know being in my position but the people that are even I feel like more disenfranchised more marginalized have have taken on more you know um, intersections beyond just being a black woman that also I feel like need to have more investing more you know diverting of resources towards so I think that's my overall goal I wanna keep it simple and keep it there. <laughs> Even though I know that's not simple.
3: <laughs> it, and the thing is it should be. Like yeah.
2: Yes. But when it happens, it'll yeah. it yeah. be simple. Yeah. But okay. Thank you so much for your answers to our questions for you. Mm -hmm. We are ending our episode like we always do with our segment called Put Your Name On It. Put Your Name On It. (laughs) Where we just name the things that we want out Mm -hmm. of life, like what we're manifesting for ourselves. And we each, we always ask our guests to go first and see what they have going on. But if you don't know... Me and I will go first, but
1: yeah, just to give you an example. Um, I want people to pay for every second of the time they use for me. Um, (laughs) Honestly, um, your girl is exhausted. I'm only 26. I should not be this tired. So Mm -hmm. that's really what I'm manifesting and more so um, just more enjoyment. It's really simple. I've been working real hard. I've been really focused on my future and building stuff. And even though I'm a med student, I'm going to be on vacation. Like, I'm going to figure out how to be taking time off for myself and just living my life. Because you never know when you're going to go. And so I just need to live more in the moment. And so that's what I'm manifesting.
2: Yes. I feel you. I want to get paid for every single second of work that I put into Girl,
1: even if you like- twerk in, you should be getting paid.
2: Period. Yes, it doesn't yes. matter what it is. Do I want a When so I heard random. that, I was
1: like, "Hey." And I was being think about
3: that I mean like, and that's, that's okay
1: for us to want those things, but that's yes. another conversation yes, because we're not allowed to want those things. Yeah, and to be and to be a med student, but why? <laughs> why?
2: Because somebody why? else said so. It has no actual meaning. It has nothing
1: like, exactly.
2: Yeah. See yeah. oh. yeah,
1: how she brought that back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. No meaning. No meaning at all. But it reminded I me mean, more to be
3: like, y'all know somebody lying for a hundred dollars, like a thousand dollars a second. Yeah. Can work from seven o'clock to seven o five. Like I ain't asked for nothing
2: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally that's it. That's all I want. I don't want to. I want to barely do anything. Second. I want to be paid to exist. That's it. As you should. That's it. As
1: we should. The way we've been suffering.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, we deserve God. everything and more. Everything and more. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm the we'll first. Okay, time. I'll go. It's Mia's turn.
3: <sighs> okay. So much. Um. Okay, I'm manifesting. Okay, a quick comment before I say my mm-hmm. official name on it. I've really like been sitting here almost at a loss for words, which really never happens because <laughs> Alex is just hearing you speak on these things is really just so like life affirming. Because I think a lot of the, a lot of, like, where I'm at in life is trying to, like, decompress and, de- like, really understand what was the last four years of my life. Like, what was it?
2: Yeah, and who am I now?
3: Yeah. yeah. And, like, trying to, like, UCLA has to, like, take so much of who I was before high school, you know, or even the opportunity yes. I had to figure out who I was. And relearning that has really been a huge mindfuck. <laughs> and hearing you speak about your experience from a place of just such grace and like, so like, I needed this a lot. Cool. So I am manifesting just that energy, right? Like, I don't even know what it is, right? Like, just understanding of self, God's presence. I don't... I don't even really know what it is, but really being with myself, I'm manifesting that I really truly do want to shake my ass on the yacht, and you guys. Well, if you get
1: if you get that, you gotta fly me out, okay?
3: Yeah. No. Yes. Everybody's getting flown out. What else am I manifesting? Oh my god, cool skin. <laughs> um. <laughs> A fun yeah. summer. A yeah. fun summer I realized too like I'm I'm such a virgo I like to plan and be like not spontaneous I'm trying to be like my friends are talking like yo let's go do this I'm like let's go on Monday <laughs> so what we all unemployed let's go on Monday what are you doing <laughs> you' busy like right I'm manifesting fun now like mm. weekday fun <laughs> um yeah right. I'm fun employed okay, yes, okay. okay. That's might as
1: well cool. that's the time to do it
3: right like yeah the person's yes. not
2: attached to anything
1: so that's what I'm and get that's the dude fine. to pay for it you don't even gotta do them they just be sending <laughs> money to anybody
2: period right. <laughs>
3: yeah um, for me I
2: would definitely say fun summer first that's definitely very very key because I feel like every, well, this is something I noticed, like, every summer, maybe it's just UCLA energy, but I was, like, poor in having the worst time of my life, of my life every <laughs> summer. Yeah. Like, somehow, it ended up always being the worst, but I would have to, like, flip it somehow to have a good time, but, like, I just want to have, like, a good time period. Like, my birthday's coming up. I'm trying to yes. shake my ass in Dubai, too. I don't know. I'm probably What's not going to go to Dubai. birthday? July 6th. Wait, I'm gonna be in LA. Are you gonna be in LA? We'll see. It's a Tuesday, so Going up. yeah, like why not? On a Tuesday. Like, if you can be in LA, I would love to link up with you. All
1: right, day. well, I'm gonna put it on my calendar to at least text you.
2: Okay, thank you. <laughs> so that's the first thing, and then, like, I don't know, I guess clarity clarity for what I wanna do in my life and have it be abundant and flourishing. Mm -hmm. Like which will come like regardless, but I just want to put my name on it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: That's that's it. That's it. That's all folks. Thank you so much, Alexis. Love you so so much. You're so amazing. If people don't know who you oh, are. I don't know what I would have done if... decade.
1: <laughs> 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 I love you so much. I love you both so much. I need this. Um,
0: we're going to stay in touch though.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Hey, y'all. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Foot on Your Neck. Be sure to follow us on our social media platforms at Freyanec on Instagram and Twitter. All of our episodes are currently available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. And if you're listening across any platforms, be sure to leave us a review or follow to let us know you fucking with us, okay? Also, our new website is live. The link to it is down in the description wherever you're listening to this at. But you can also just type it in if you would like, squarespace.com Check it out, interact with it, click on some stuff on there. That data is very important to the longevity and success of our podcast. Keep applying the motherfucking pressure and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Uh, 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 uh. Thank you for listening, but more importantly
2: you welcome (laughs) Bye. bye